Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a vegan meal home delivery service that is nutritious and delicious and makes your life easier. Based out of New Jersey, they deliver throughout the Northeast. Check out more details on their website, tryveganmealprep.com. And you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code LITYOGA. So go vegan. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A. We are joining you from Italy. Lake Como. Lake Como. Haven't found George Clooney yet, so. Rumor has it he likes to hide. Yes, we've asked some locals. Anyway, see, we're doing our own Q&A. <laughs> but you all have some questions for us. We will answer them now. This comes from our friend Lisa. She has a pretty big backstory to this, but here is the gist of it. Um, her conundrum is that she's been reading a book or taking a class and the author in its states, most people are rib thrusters and pelvis tuckers. The author says this is in response to being hunched over in a seated position with pelvis tucked or as a counterbalance to high heels. When in doubt, stick your butt out is what he says. Shorten hamstring and calves, pull the pelvis into a posterior tilt. Tucking the pelvis under, especially while sitting, brings the sacrum out of alignment, brings it forward into the bowl of the pelvis. Ultimately, the pelvic floor muscles shorten and lose their ability to contract. First, I'll go back and watch Ashley's videos. That's our pelvic health PT. But she says, the pelvis of a tucker would be postally tilted, right? Or could it be an anterior tilt and still be tucked? I'm under the impression that most people suffer from an anteriorly tilted pelvis because sitting causes hip flexors to shorten and tighten. Glutes get long and weak from sitting. Is that correct? Which is more prevalent, anterior posterior tilt? Which is more of a concern for the pelvis, shortened hip flexors, weak glutes, or shortened calves and hamstrings? I realize our flows are designed to address the whole body, but again, my brain's exploding. Could the author's direction of when in doubt, stick your butt out, his way of cueing to keep someone from rounding, um, address a postfully tilted pelvis. Should I just keep it simple? <laughs> okay, so it seems like Lisa's figuring this out. Um, you want to start with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we we see this a lot with our teachers as they go through teacher training. If you haven't taken our teacher training, it is extensive. 
um, we really dive deep into anatomy and we focus heavily on a neutral pelvis. And that's not to say that everybody needs to constantly be in a neutral pelvis. We are well aware that pelvises should posteriorly and anterior tilt. So think about sticking your tailbone out and then tucking your tailbone under like a dog who's in trouble. You know, but what we tend to see, um, especially in a yoga population, but even just when I walk around, we see a lot of people in an anteriorly tilted pelvis. That's not everybody. However, I remember before I really got into looking at mechanics by way of the pelvis, you know, we would, um, I would maybe imagine that I was seeing a more of a posteriorly tilted pelvis than I really was. So what Lisa's asking, number one, is, is one worse than the other? Um, when in doubt, should I stick my butt out? First of all, we don't want to give people a cookie cutter answer to anything. So when we're looking at the pelvis, if we see someone bias one way or the other all the time, we want to help them learn how to come back to neutral because neutral is where we are best positioned to move functionally, utilizing all of our muscles in their most um, strong way or most reactive responsive way. So if somebody is walking around in an anteriorly tilted pelvis, think about kind of the belly sticking out, the butt sticking back. They are really not in a prime position. We get shortened in the back body. Uh, we get shortened in the hip flexors. The hamstrings tend to actually be on tension because the backside of the pelvis is lifted up, um, which makes them kind of be feel tight a lot of times because they're on tone, they're, they're, they're holding on. Uh, so by restoring that neutral pelvis, by drawing the tailbone under, maybe softening the knees, drawing the rib cage back over the pelvis, we really put the body in its most stacked and comfortable and most responsive reactive position. Posture, that's called posture, good posture. When people say posture doesn't matter, I really have a hard time with that because while poor posture has not been linked to pain per se, poor posture is clearly linked to poor movement mechanics, to less suboptimal, what we, what, yeah. what we like to say, it puts you in a, in, in, a, in a poor starting position. So helping someone find neutral is key. Now, is an anterior worse than a posterior? I wouldn't argue that. I mean, I think any bias towards any position isn't great. Hypermobility is just as bad as hypomobility. That's why we want to find that, that middle ground. So I do not agree with when in doubt, stick the, the butt out because I don't agree with any blanket statement. That is a great teaching technique because people know where their butt is. They understand sticking it out. So if someone is in a posterior pelvic, uh, posterior tilted pelvis, telling them to stick their butt out, you know, lets them know what movement to do. However, I don't want the pendulum to swing the entire other way. Um, so I think you answered your own question when you said, you know, reset, neutral pelvis, keep it simple. While that's, that's not simple because we're asking you to actually, you know, look at where someone is and help them find the center, which actually can be really hard. Um, it is keeping it simple in that we're not giving a blanket statement to everybody because that is not going to apply to, to, apply to everybody and can 
you know, in the long run, just cause some issues. I know you've got a lot more to say on this. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I totally agree. There should never be a blanket statement like that because honestly, for a majority of people, I don't see a posterior tilt. I could see what's anterior tilt. And the answer is there, you know, one isn't worse than the other. They're both not optimal, you know? And so it also sounds like this person is telling you a lot about like, these are tight, these are long and all that. And muscles are muscles. It's the tone around them that is different based on the demand. Like Kristen said, if your pelvis is tipping forward, which makes sense because most of what we're doing is forward in life. And we just tend to kind of tip into it. It's a little bit just, I don't want to say laziness. It's like path of least resistance. It becomes a habit. Um, then you've got everything in the back is like, whoa, where are you going? So the back, low back is tighter. Is it shortened? No, it's neurologically tight. It'll feel shortened, um, but it probably is also not that strong because it's just, it's just been strained, but that is not the same as strengthened. Same thing with the hamstrings. They often feel really tight because they're on that strain. They're trying to actually pull the pelvis back from these little two ischial tuberosities. That doesn't mean they're strong and tight. They're actually probably weak and just burdened. I'd rather say burdened than, you know, overly lengthened or something. So I think when we kind of cut like, oh, well, you need to do this because this will help. You need to look at like, what is balancing? And the pelvis being neutral is going to balance out the demands on the different muscle groups, therefore making them hopefully stronger where they need to be strong. Um, some muscle groups are overly strong. This isn't so much with the pelvis because they this, the proximal muscles are never overly strong. I've never seen that. Um, the, mover, the, bigger, the superficial muscles are trying to do it all and they are doing it on top of a foundation that isn't strong enough. So uh, I, I just had a private the other day. If you had looked at him, you would have thought he was a posterior tilter, but he was actually hanging forward in his hips so if you see a, what seems to be a posterior tilt, it is often overly extending in the hip joint and hanging on the passive restraints there that you can do quite well. Lots of people do them. You hear about the people in church who do it and then they end up like passing out because they've just hung in their hips and they aren't getting, and they're not moving their limbs and they, and they end up, you know, often kind of locking their knees out too, which you can do. You can lock your knees when you hang on your hips forward, which looks like posterior tilt. You can lock your knees when you tip your pelvis forward. So I think you you know the answer, but I do I know it's confusing because sometimes too much information that then is distilled down to one answer seems like the person has got it, but it's never one answer except that you need more core stability. You need a neutral spine and neutral pelvis, which of course you're going to move out of. Mm -hmm. But if you aren't from a neurological mapping standpoint, understanding what that is, then you're gonna always go into like the path that is, that is most common or, or habitual. So um, everyone should stay away from any kind of real cookie cutter thing like that, like just stick your butt out because first of all, I imagine people are gonna stick their butt out in a lot of ways. If indeed somebody was posturally tilted, which I've seen a few times, I actually, what I tell them to do is bend their knees and lift their sit bones up. I wouldn't say stick their butt out because what they needed to do is kind of unlock the mechanism of tucking the tailbone down, but then they don't want to go the other direction. And to, you know, so it's just unlock the sit bones from being kind of squeezed underneath you and just pull them back and feel like you're kind of lifting them a little bit in space. 
So I'd even be more specific than just sticking your butt out. And I would like make a public service announcement that neutral is hard. It is because it's work because most of us, to your point, we hang out. I find myself hanging out in a forward head. I find myself hanging out in a sway back and I'm like, whoop, I need to engage my muscles to maintain neutral. So neutral is work um, that over time becomes more efficient, but because most of us, it made me so sad as my kids got older, I would look at them as a little bitty baby and the baby, because, you know, toddlers have bigger heads, they naturally would stack everything because it was the most efficient and effective. And then as they got older, I think it was modeled after parents. I think it was modeled by sitting down all the time. When you Mm -hmm. sit, you will round, you know, you will. And that just, you start forming these poor habits. And that's really what posture is. It's, It's a habit. Yeah. And then we start hanging on our passive restraints and get weaker to your point. Everybody's weak proximally. So when we start teaching people how to find neutral, it's work sister. And so just be mindful of that. What you're asking someone to do is hard work and it takes practice and it doesn't, um, doesn't come naturally. No, it doesn't. And that reminds me of the same guy that was hanging out, um, on his hips and was hyperextended in his, in his hip joint, not, you know, posturally tilted. We did very basic work that we do, um, the reset and stuff. And later on that day, he was like, is my back supposed to feel something? And I was like, yeah, because I said, does it hurt? He goes, no, it just kind of feels like it's been worked. And I was like, it was work for him to hold neutral pelvis and neutral spine. It was so much work. And what I told him, because he's an athlete is like, this happens a lot. You get really strong in your superficial muscles and then over time and with, you know, again, these suboptimal mechanics, the weaker muscles start to be like unhappy because you're, you need your stabilizers. You need the muscles as close to the bones to stabilize the bones so that you can create some force, that you can create movement, that you can, whether it's running or like he's a golfer. So you have to do that. And I, yeah, that's about it. We could, we could turn it on this topic. our favorite topic. Let's go to one more. We've got one more. Um, we will, uh, we'll do this one. Yeah. Yeah. This is from Tasha. Our other friend. I have a question for Wednesday Q and A. I've been seeing some posts. Oh, this is always the problem. Yes. <laughs> you see, you know, it's 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 challenging when you see different information that might not be like communicated as well. I have been seeing some posts about how you can't relax the psoas through pressure because of all the muscle and viscera that is layered under. And yet if I do use a block to lie on, especially after a lot of handstand pressing, I do feel that it helps relax the area and loosens my low back. I feel like you do think that it must help a bit because you've included it in one of your classes once and called it belly time for adults. I love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, yes, to that degree, can you relax it? No, but nothing is an island. Mm-hmm. It's connected to a lot of things around it. So it's not just the psoas is, and when we say relax, I don't know if it's neurologically relaxed. It's not, I actually believe most people need to strengthen and make their psoas more supple, which I wouldn't say is relaxing, but we do things sometimes like lying on a block to just get it in a position more. So it's not, if you have high neurological tone, let's say, meaning you're very anxious, (laughs) 
there, the psoas is very much connected to our nervous system and our feelings and our emotions. So this can signal the nervous system more than the muscle to just, Hey, chill out a little bit. Like you're cool. And the, so it's like, you're, yes, you're compressing some of the fascia that attaches nearby that attaches to it, but you're also kind of telling it just like if, when you give your kids a hug, when they're upset, that compression you know, is so, it's very calming. People, they, what, what are weighted blankets? People are spending hundreds of dollars. It's, it's pressure that helps your nervous system calm down. That's what you're doing by, because it's hard to just like put that pressure directly on there. But if you lay your body on something, it's putting that pressure on there and it's saying, okay, you can calm down. So it's not that you're trying to, um, relax it, but you're trying to calm your whole system down. So if you've been doing a lot of handstand presses, it might be, it, you know, it was from a motor standpoint, trying to contribute to getting those femurs pulled up so you can press, but it can have the same impact because the nervous system does a lot of things. It has the somatic response. It has the emotional response. And by doing that, you can kind of calm it down. Um, but, you know, some people will still argue you can't, and that's fine. They can, they can do that. They, they would say, you know, the way that the pressure, the blanket pressure, but you know, you, when they, if you talk, think about any imbalanced, unregulated child or adult, they, what do they do? They pull in, they want to be held. They want that you put your hand on. It's a, it's a way of settling the nervous system. I love that you started right away by saying nothing is an island. Mm. You know, I think there are a lot of people seeing other people make a lot of money off of, oh, I've got this wonderful tool that you, that releases the psoas and they're making a lot because, you know, they, they thought of some of, of a way to do, to reproduce what say a physical therapist or massage therapist does. Um, and then that, that irritates people because then they say, oh, but are you really? And it's, so that's where I think a lot of this negative commentary is not just jealousy. This is my opinion, you know, like, because they didn't think of it first. So they're going to come back at you and say, oh, well, that really doesn't work because you can't do this. I agree with you 100%, Laura. Nothing exists in an island. To say that you can't release the psoas really goes, can be extrapolated so far as to say the power of touch doesn't do anything. It says massage therapy doesn't work. It says trigger point release doesn't work. Um, active, I mean, all of this stuff, it is part of a bigger picture. When I give people, you know, a ball and tell them to, to lean up against the wall to release their, you know, um, gluteus medius or their piriformis, is that going to fix them? No, but it is one tool that I love that you talked about. You brought in the fact that it's, it brings the mind's eye to, wow, that's tight. Let me breathe into it. Let me, you know, we, we begin to release when we stimulate something. I mean, it has been shown, mm -hmm. you know, that that will cause a neurological release, but it's not the only thing. The second thing you said was you believe more in, you know, movement, you know, not just stretching, but, but strengthening. So I will give someone a release technique for multiple muscles, um, knowing that that's not the only thing and also believing, am I really releasing it? I don't think so, mm -hmm. but I know there's a therapeutic benefit. 
because a lot of times if you do that after, like let's say, like she said, after she's doing, you know, a, a, a lot of press, handstand press, where you really pull up into that psoas, you know, that's what we do in therapy. We have someone go work it out and then we stretch it because it's, we see that that calms down. I think that neurological short, 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 and then it can come back to that more comfortable resting length. Do I have evidence? First of all, the other thing we talked yeah. about, like evidence is crap. I mean, right. I do believe in, we need to be doing evidence. We need to be doing, you know, looking at statistics, but there's so- It's swung so far in so this direction. Far, yeah. Of course, we both did research. We, I mean, there's such value in it, but you can't just because something hasn't been researched- mm-hmm. Throw it out. Throw it out because the research is also limited and also- you know, in certain things, it's really limited and it's not taking in all the factors. It's not taking in the placebo effect, the feeling that somebody mm-hmm. has. It's not taking in, well, we could talk about that on some other time, but you know, it's, it's more, uh, again, don't, I like to think this is my, one of my dad's favorite quotes and he was very, very science-based, but he would say, who's to say, like, I love that because it, like, who's to say it doesn't relax them. I don't know. Like there is we have this incredible computer. We are just beginning to tap into and understand. There's many more things we will find out 20, 50, 100 years from now that we don't know yet. And so it's like, who's to say? Like it is, it does calm down the nervous system. So therefore it might relax that muscle. And guess what? If you believe it's working, it's probably, that's probably 50% of it right there. Yes, because I mean, pain, a lot of that is an output. And, uh, you know, so that we talk about doing, you know, our virtual physical therapy. And I talked to my, to my physical therapist friends. I just saw some of them over the weekend and they just can't believe that I'm doing virtual PT, that I'm not laying my hands on people. And I say, you will just not believe how much letting someone know they're going to be okay. Letting someone know that they can heal themselves and giving them tools, which is exactly what a release is. It's a tool to heal yourself how far that goes. It doesn't negate the importance of touch. It doesn't take mm-hmm. away how well that can work too, but you know. It's empowering. It's empowering. If you always so do feel that. like you have to go mm-hmm. to a trainer or to a chiropractor or whatever to get something done, to get fixed. Like that is not empowering. It's empowering to actually start to begin to understand your body and the, and have the tools that can help. And obviously we're, we're specialists. We want you to utilize this as needed, but ultimately we want you not to need us very much. And that's what she's saying right there is Mm -hmm. a tool. It's one tool in a bag of tricks. So I say, do it. It makes you feel better and belly time, belly time for (laughs) adults and throw that other comment. out. Yes, exactly. But great question. And as you can see, we have a lot to say about it. We do, but we're off now. We're going to go to dinner in Lake Como. So as always, it's great to hear your questions. Please write us at support at lityoga.com. Email us anytime. No question is off the table. You can reach us on Instagram. You can DM either one of us. I am at kbwilliams99 and you can find Laura at laura.hyman. And we, we any nothing is off the table. Right. So like, write us. We love every, it can be lifestyle. It can be, obviously we get a lot of PT questions, but we love to gab about anything and you can take it or leave it, but we hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yes. And please rate and review that. That does oh, yes. help. Yes, please. Please, we would really, yes, share with friends. And as always, we're pulling for you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.